welcome. You are listening to Grace Capital Church Podcast. Well, good morning. And I do want to give uh, a special Happy Mother's Day greeting as well. Um, as well with that Happy Mother's Day, and those of you who are mothers know how special it is, but I'm also mindful that there may be some here today that, who have made choices in life that today is a hard day for you. I do want to acknowledge that, that my heart does um, uh, feel for you this morning as well. So please don't take this uh, overjoyousness of Mother's Day only just the one way. We are thankful for all of our mothers, but we also are mindful that it is a painful day for some of you as well. So that being said, I just wanted to start us with prayer and then we'll, we'll get into the service for today. Father, we do thank you so much for who you are I just thank you that your word is alive and active and that, Father, your presence is here with us this morning, that, Lord, we just didn't come to church because that's what we do. We came to church to meet with you, and we thank you for this opportunity to learn from your word, that we can be able to have this sink into our heart, that it doesn't stay in our head, but we begin to apply what your word says so we might have this blessed life, this life in the full. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I also want to say thank you so much for those who came out to the uh, Love the City Work Day uh, yesterday. We had a lot of fun uh, with those who came out. I have to say, it was like an Easter egg hunt for cigarette butts for me uh, yesterday. I'll tell you what. Oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. And there was almost filled up half a garbage bag with just cigarette butts. It's amazing. We said, you know what? what, what would it do if we decided as a church that we would actually put these cigarette receptacles around some of these key areas of the city? What would that do to help beautify the city? But I don't know. It was, it was a great day. And again, so thank you so much. Next year, when, when we have this uh, Love the City Work Day, I know sometimes we think that we've been working on our building on, on those, but we really want to get out into the streets and begin to really show the city how much it is that we care for outside these walls. And so next year, when you hear that workday, don't think you're going to be stuck inside painting walls. We're going to go out and, uh, and work on and blessing the city. Well, we are continuing on this series called The Bride. If you're a guest with us today, welcome to Grace Capital Church. You are in the middle of a series called The Bride. And what we're doing is we're taking... Uh, looking at the book of Revelation, and we're going through what Jesus had to say to the seven churches, to uh, the Apostle John, uh, who is um, in captivity on the Isle of Patmos. These are the red letters that you find in your Bible in Revelation. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with uh, me to Revelation chapter 3? And we're going to look at the Church of Sardis today. By the way, if you don't have a Bible um, and you can't afford one, we do have somebody who donated used Bibles to us that are uh, of current language. Don't think they're the old English that you can't read. You can just go to the info hub after service and ask uh, for one of the Bibles and we'd be happy to give them to you. We would love for everybody to show up to church with a Bible. There's something about real pages, too. I know we live in an era of technology, and we can just get those verses on the phone, but it's really hard to make notes in your Bible. And I would encourage people to underline in your Bible, to make notes in your Bible. It is, the words are holy, but the book is not necessarily so holy that you're going to get struck by lightning if you write in your Bibles. It's a working document, and you need to be working through it. Um, so, Revelation chapter 3. 
Let me tell you a little bit about my story. I grew up in the church. I grew up in a Presbyterian church. My mother was the organist. My father was a choir director. I come from a long line of Christians. My great-grandfather was the Archbishop of the Holiness Movement. Um, I later found this out in my 20s. Um, and um, great guy that my, that my grandfather, who was a businessman, was also a deacon and treasurer of the Methodist church. And then comes my father, and we were faithful in church every Sunday. The challenge was, is I knew how to look the part as a teenager growing up. I knew I was in church every Sunday. I actually sang in the choir, wore the choir robes, and yeah, the choir boy. I don't know why I did that, but it was kind of fun. And uh, not that, being in the choir that was. And uh, anyways, I, I found myself appearing a certain way to my family, appearing a certain way on Sunday morning, even appearing a certain way in school. But I had this separate life, this other life that was probably the, the, not the way that I would present myself. I would carry a facade like I was a good Christian boy. But meanwhile, I had a girlfriend for many years, and I did things with my girlfriend that I would not be very proud of. But it was all such a secret. It was all such a thing, a facade that somehow that I had to look a certain way, but meanwhile, my heart caused me to act a different way. It's very easy to play the part as a Christian. If you're not careful, you can kind of get in habits. You can get habits of going to church. You can get in habits of even going to life group and doing great things. But the habits can so easily turn into, well, I just got a reputation of being a good Christian. But really, what is in our heart? You see, we shouldn't confuse with looking alive with being alive. We can't confuse those things because it is easy to have a facade, to look alive, but not being alive. And there's a slide that says that. We should not confuse this. Because the facade, the reputation, the appearance is not what God looks at. Remember, if you've been journaling with us through First and Second Samuel... You'll notice what God was looking at when he chose David to be king. Samuel, the prophet who anointed David, realized that, you know what, it's not the outward that God looks at, it's the heart, and that's what God was after with David. He was after his heart. And he put him into a position because of his heart. Doesn't mean that David was perfect, and by the way, doesn't mean our lives will always be perfect. The challenge is sometimes really is when we appear to have it all together and then and the reality is we don't, that's when the challenge comes for us. It's the appearance of being alive, but really we are not as alive as we think we are. It's easy to do though and naturally in life. You, you think you've been married for quite some time and you go to a dinner party and you find yourself holding hands with your spouse and maybe even kissing on the cheek at your, this dinner party and your spouse looks at you like, you never do that. Why are you doing this now? 
oh, to look like things are going so well. The challenge is, even for young people here, I know some of you spouses, you gave a little jab right there when I said that, didn't you? (laughs) Don't do that in public if you're not going to do that at home. Kids, young people, if you've grown up in the church, you will learn language, you will learn actions that will make it appear like you know what you're doing. You can use the Christian talk. You can even have the Bible beside your bed. You can even be a part of youth group. But I know too well that it's so easy to do those things, but have your heart not bring you to a place of life, but actually a place of death. This is what Jesus addressed with the church of Sardis. Let's read this together. Revelation chapter 3, And to the angel of the church of Sardis write, The word of him who has seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know your works, you have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. He's speaking this to the church, the people. He's not talking to a church building, he's talking to the people who are made up of the church of Sardis. He says, wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die For I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Remember then what you have received and heard. Remember, keep it and repent. And and if you will not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. Yet you have still a few names in Sardis, people who have not soiled their garments And they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before the Father and before the angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. How many people have ears here today? Raise your hand. All of us who have ears, let us hear. What God is saying to us, his church today. All right, before you get feeling like this is a Debbie Downer message, it's like, oh, come on, Mark, we're not another Debbie Downer message. We want to go to church to feel good. I guarantee you this will be a feel-good message. Just hang with me. There's some good news in all of this. And by the way, for those of you who are already starting to hear these words of condemnation in your Life right now, it's like, it's like, I know, I know, I've been the one going to church, but really I have this secret life that nobody really knows about. Or I act a certain way, but I know in my heart, I don't, might not verbalize or I might not act on it, but you know, in my heart. So before you start feeling too condemned, I want to let you know that one, there's nobody condemning you here in this room. Number two, Jesus does not condemn you. The Bible says that There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So first of all, you need to take comfort in that and knowing that you're in the absolute perfect place today. Because it's a message of hope. This message that we're talking about is, yes, you might have a reputation, a reputation of being alive, but let's 
Take a moment. It's good to do a checkup every now and then, isn't it? How many people have these regular checkups with a doctor at least once a year? You don't have to raise your hands. You don't have to answer it. But why do you do that? You have a checkup just to kind of check, see how everything's going. You're getting some blood work. Let's find how your cholesterol's doing. And let's find out if your thyroid's working well. Same way with this message. This is a checkup message really is asking us to let's check our heart. How much are we truly alive or how much are we truly appearing to be alive? Remember, not too long ago, we talked about the vine and the branches. We had a message about that. And Jesus says he's the vine and we are the branches. Unless we're connected to that root stock, unless we're connected to the vine, that we cannot produce the fruit that he wants us from us. This good fruit, our life is to be productive for him. And that's why he looks at our heart, because our actions can appear a certain way. Our activity can appear a certain way. By the way, do you realize that you can go to church and not even be a Christian? It's possible. And you know what? I am also mindful that some people might be here today and they say, I came because a friend invited me and I love this community. It's such a positive, loving group of people. And you might be here and didn't realize that actually you're still spiritually dead because you haven't given your life to Jesus. But how do we become spiritually dead? Okay, we know the vine and the branches, so maybe we've gotten disconnected from the vine, but really, what's the issue here? How is it that we can look good on the outside but be dead on the inside? How, where did we get to that place? Well, we know it's not just the actions that are always that make us good, although good actions are a part of it. You know, we're not saved by our works, but we're saved for good works. But we know it's not just keeping the religious law. The Pharisees were actually called whitewashed tombs, which were kind of like this. You look great on the outside, but really you're just filled with dead bones on the inside. You have this appearance of having it all together. People say to, to me, he goes, I, I like when you preach, Mark, because you're just like you're with us. You're one of us. And I have to say this the only way I know how, because if for some reason, if I somehow said that I'm a little bit further along or holier than you, I would be lying to you. I would be putting on a facade and I would never want to put on any kind of facade. Now, am I chasing after Jesus hard? Yes. Am I pressing in so I can give you good spiritual food? Yes. Don't feel like you're going to come here and just get crumbles. I expect when I press into God that I'm going to give you something that is from God that you can walk away with on a Sunday morning and say, you know what? I've heard from the Lord today. But in saying that, I'm also very aware of my humanity. I'm a very aware of my weaknesses. And I don't keep walking in my weaknesses, I keep saying, God, purify me, check my heart. I love, that's why David, David, I love David, a guy who messes up, but yet he still is so keen, King David, on saying, search my heart, oh God, see if there's any wicked way in me. And that's really what I want for me is, is God, I, 
I don't want to be living with any kind of facade, but yes, I do want to be going on to your best father. I never want to use my humanity as an excuse to keep me falling short. But I want to press in so I don't look a certain way on the outside, but being dead on the inside, I I want to fully come alive. So how do we get to that place where we just are kind of going through the motions? I think sometimes we start living on past experiences and past testimonies. You know, how many people know the Gaithers? Yeah, well, so remember the Gaither years? Oh, we just love the Gaithers, the, the singing kumbaya songs together. We love it. And all you talk about is the Gaither years. Or maybe those times that you met Jesus. You know, anybody who's been a part of these revivals and it's like, oh, it was so sweet back then. You remember when people were falling down? And we just, the preacher would just blow. And everybody would just fall down. Oh, the glory days. See, sometimes when we think back and just try to live in a moment in time of where Jesus, what we thought Jesus showed up or where he did show up, that it stalls us out in a fresh relationship that he wants to have with us. There are people, I remember in life group, I love life groups and it's a judgment-free zone in life groups, but I remember there was a person in life group once that kept telling the same testimony story of what took place 20 years ago in their life with Jesus. And eventually, you know, the first five times were nice, but eventually I said, you know, do you have anything fresh to tell me? Like, what's Jesus doing in your life now? Well, well, but remember when, no, don't remember when. I want, what did Jesus do today? What is he going to want to do in your life tomorrow? So I wonder if sometimes we can easily go through the motions and just rely on past experiences as a place that we kind of experienced God and felt like we're all set and settled in and then we just started going through the motions. And we can look so good on the outside, but parts of our insides start to die. One of the things that Jesus really talked about this church was their reputation. They have a good reputation. For me, as a kid, I had a good reputation. But inside my heart and actions behind closed doors were not so good. See, a reputation can get us feeling like things are okay. The appearance. I was talking to a a business owner about this topic, and they were saying, you know what, when you first start a business, you fight to try to get a reputation. Reputation is everything. And then this person was telling me, we finally got a reputation, but I noticed what happened is once we got a good reputation, we got soft. We relaxed. Ah, we finally arrived. Now we can just coast and when we get there, when we coast, it's when we start slipping. We're no longer pressing in. We're no longer fighting for what is good and right. So 
So first, we live on the past victories, the past testimonies. Second, we just rely on a reputation, and we actually stop growing when we rely on a reputation. And then third, we can easily just kind of fall asleep. We can kind of just like spiritually fall asleep. It's kind of like, you know, I've been there, done that. I, I memorized the books of the Bible. I've already been to life group. I know what that's all about. Same old, same old. I get it. Been there, done that. Church, I go to church just because I love seeing my friends in church. Been there, done that. You know, I, I don't really need to serve like I once did. You know, I've, I've served in all the ministries of the church. Been there, done that. And so you just begin to kind of get a little bit complacent and a little bit sluggish and sleepy. And, and it's just like you've just kind of lost your vigor. Proverbs 24, 33 says, A little sleep, a little slumber leads to poverty. And I would say it's not just physical poverty, but spiritual poverty. When we begin to carry the facade, we have the reputation, we look good from the outside, but really what is happening on the inside, and here's the good news for all of us today. This is the the non-Debbie Downer message. Here's the hope for today. Guess what? There's tomorrow. So even if today you're saying, you know what, there's some things in my heart that aren't quite right, There's some things that I've gotten a little lax. There's some things I'm kind of falling asleep on. There's some, I've been looking away on the outside, but I know what's on the inside. Guess what? There's tomorrow. And tomorrow is you're going to wake up and you say, you know, every day is a new day. And every day, you know what? I'm going to start on my knees and I'm saying, God, see if there's any wicked way in my heart. Let me press back into your word. Let me press into, into praying. Let me, let me start doing those things that I once did that brought life to me, spiritual life. And here's the thing. It has nothing to do with duty. It has nothing to do with these spiritual disciplines, which are good, but if they're just spiritual disciplines, they're still dead. Because all it really is about, it's about a relationship with Jesus. That's what he's desiring for us is this relationship. That's why we were created in the first place. He wants to hang with us. He wants to be with us. He wants to be in our inner workings. So spiritual death or life really is about how much are we in relationship with him? He wants to live in us. He wants to be a part of us. He wants to work through us. What does he say? In Revelation 3, he says this. He says, wake up. Wake up. Pay attention to your heart. Today, this is what I'm asking for all of us. is for us to do a little heart inventory. How are we doing? What's alive in our heart? What's dead in our heart? Saying it's okay. You might have fallen asleep a little bit, but it's okay. Wake up. Wake up. It's time. You can do this. And I think that's what the Lord is saying to all of us today. It's like, 
don't worry, don't, there's no condemnation. I, I'm not waiting to, to beat you up. But I am calling you to me again so I can bring life back into you. He says, okay, come on. I'll put my arms around you. We can do this. You see, the enemy loves to make us feel like somehow we're, we're not good. We're not good enough or some, there's something dirty about us or whatever. But you know what? Through Jesus, we are white as snow. See, God does not see all that junk as long as we're right with Jesus. When I say right, believe what he's already done on the cross for us. It is not getting yourself right. It's believing in Jesus and accepting what he's already done on the cross for us. That's what makes us right. So God can come and put his arms around us like, come back to life. Not so you fall over, so you can come to life. I want to breathe life in you. That's what God wants to do. And he says, come on, it's okay. Be like little children, sit on my knee. Okay, you got some bruises and scrapes over here. Yeah, you've, you've messed up over here. No problem. We'll put some salve on here. We'll bandage you up. We can do this. We can do this. See, this is the good news. We can do this. We don't have to live half alive. We can live fully alive. And he wants us to live fully alive. Have you ever driven to work or someplace often enough that you've started driving and then you arrived at your destination and you don't even remember how you got there? Oh, yeah, that's kind of scary, though. <laughs> I'm thinking, what, what just happened that my brain didn't even connect along the way? But we can do that with our walk with Jesus. We can go into autopilot, show up at church every Sunday, go to life group, even journal. And if we're not careful... We could fall asleep, rely on past experiences and past reputations, or our current reputation. And we'll look good on the outside. We'll smile at everybody on Sunday. They'll ask how you're doing, and you'll say, great. And meanwhile, the facade continues. And God's just saying, you know what? I love you so much and I care for you so much. I want you to live not half lives. I don't want you to just live half alive and half dead or three quarters dead and a quarter of alive. Or I want you to live fully alive. And we do that by allowing our heart to be revealed to him. To search my heart, oh God, See if there's anything in my heart, God, that is not pleasing to you and give me the courage to start walking the direction towards you. Allow you to heal me. Allow you to bring me to this good place where your arms go around me. It's like, you can do this. You can do this. Greg, if you can just come up at this time, I... I want to leave a little bit of moment for us today. 
to do some to do some business with God. Business sounds like it's like a transaction, so maybe that's not the right word, but really it's allow God to love on you a little bit. The end part of Revelation chapter 3 of this Jesus addressing the church of Sardis, he talks about these soiled garments and then these, these white garments. The difference between a soiled garment and a white garment is for the one who conquers. And the idea of conquering is really the idea of saying, you know what, tomorrow when you wake up, God has pinpointed some areas or revealed some areas in your heart, and he's saying, you know what, today I'm going to give you what you need to overcome this. You see, we don't need to conquer on our own strength, but we need to be willing to show up to the game so God can help us conquer. See, the one who conquers, it doesn't say the one who tries to conquer. It doesn't the one that says, you know, I give up. But the one who conquers, they will have their name not blotted out of the Lamb's book of life. I'm not going to get sidetracked on the theology of that. Are they saying once saved, always saved? Are they saying, can I lose my salvation? You know what? You would never have to even think about that conversation if every day you wake up and say, God, search my heart. Every day, search my heart, oh God. Find if there's any way that's not pleasing to you. God, give me the strength. Give me the courage. Give me what is necessary that I might conquer those things that want to steal life from me. You see, all we're doing is we're conquering the things that want to steal from us. We're conquering the things that want to bring death to us. It's those things that are opposed to God's word. See, God's word, his instructions aren't just so about these rules and regulations. For us just kind of like, oh, we have to become little Jesus clones and that's not fun. Going out and living, why? That's fun. Yes, sin's fun for a season. Always catches up to you and by the way, it always brings death. And Jesus is saying, I want to breathe life into you, but every day you're going to have to wake up and say, today's a new day, and we're going to do some conquering. We're going to do some slaying today. We're going to slay those things that bring death to me. You're going to take out your sword, and it's imaginary. Don't think it's a real sword I'm going to give you today. Sword of the Spirit. You're going to start doing some slaying of those things that want to kill your heart where you're walking around half alive and Jesus wants you to be fully alive. And he says, don't let your reputation steal from you. Don't let just your past experiences rob you any longer. Have a fresh, active, current relationship with Jesus who wants to breathe life into you. I don't want you to go through life on autopilot any longer. I want you to experience the love, the joy, the peace that God's Spirit wants to give you. This morning as we sing and close this song, if you want to respond to God in a way that says, you know what, God, I'm just... I want to posture myself in a different way. 
to ask you to search my heart. Know that we have a good father who will love to put his arms around you and minister to you today. I'm going to make this section up here today an altar. If you'd like to posture your heart and say, God, search my heart. Or maybe you already know what's in your heart and say, God, I know what's in my heart. I don't want to just live with a facade any longer. I want to bear it all before you. If you would like to know more about Grace Capital Church or how to get a copy of this broadcast, please visit us online at gccnh.com.